Welcome to this podcast by Global Church. We are a church planting movement wanting to reach cities from here to everywhere, one to everyone. If you want to find out more information, check out our website on www.globalchurch.co.uk. Coming today just to, to speak about something real simple, but also follow on from uh, kind of what Dave was speaking about. Because like, we've arrived this morning... And it is gloomy, isn't it? Like, it is like, it's one of those days we're driving and think, it's one of those days where it's not really going to get light. Yeah? Like, you just know it's going to be great, it's miserable. Is it tomorrow where it's the day that, like, every, it's the most, like, depressing day of the year or something like that? And, like, it's the day where everyone books the holidays or something? It's like this time in January where it's just dark and it's cold and we're back at work, we've been back at work for a week, and it sucks, like, and we don't like it, and we remember that, like, it was great when we were off on holiday, and, and now we've got no money, because we spent it all at Christmas, we're not being paid yet, and you're getting all these emails, if you're like me, from all the different restaurants and all the different bars offering you two-for-ones, because no one's going in, right? So they want everyone to go in, so it's like, January's a great time to go for restaurants, because you can get third off, half price here, there, and everywhere, it's mint. Resolutions have already been made, probably already been broken. But today I want to speak about one of the biggest and simplest things that we can do in our lives to experience all the things that God's got for us. Part of being devoted. So is anyone interested in that? Anyone interested to hear what that is? And it's called consistency. Or just turning up. Turning up. There's so much power in just keeping on turning up. Do you know, there's a quote, I'm going to put it up on the screen in a second, but you know God looks for availability, not ability. Wow. Wow. It says, God does not begin by asking us about our, our ability, but only about our availability. Wow. And if we then prove our dependability, he will increase our capability. Wow. He wants us to keep turning up. Wow. Now, we're, gonna, we're doing a preach. It's, it's church, so we've got, we've got you know, the Bible. And I'm also going to speak to you on a quote from one of the greatest prophets ever to grace the game of football called Arsene Wenger. And he says this, he says, when you look at people who are successful, you will find that they aren't the people who are just motivated, but they have consistency in their motivation. Basically what he's saying is they're just the people who keep on turning up. Can you put the first picture up? These two. Everyone knows who these two are. On the radio yesterday, they were talking about, on Five Live, they were talking about how in 2005, isn't it amazing that these two were the world number ones at tennis? And there's a very good chance that they could end 2020 being the world number ones at tennis in a sport where we used to get to 30 and be fried, right? It was like, it was, it was, I don't really follow that much of tennis, like the majors and that sort of thing, but everyone knows Serena Williams and Roger Federer. They are defined consistency. Let me tell you this. This is, I, I, I love sport. I'm going to give you loads of sport analogies. You might get business analogies from other people, Bible analogies from other people. I love sport. Like, I'll give you Bible analogies as well. But we can relate to sport. We know who these guys are because they've been turning up, turning up, and turning up. And they're amazing. She, she, Serena won Australia when she was pregnant, didn't she? Like a couple of years ago. <laughs> He's like just class, Federer, and just keeps on going and just look, looks better somehow with age. And, like, and then we've got like, just uh, put Zlatan up. There we've got this guy in the middle, Zlatan. I am Zlatan, the most arrogant man I've ever heard of in football, but he's an amazing player. And yesterday, this is this pitch from yesterday, he just scored on his return for AC Milan, age 38. He's now scored in four decades. 
they were saying at like the top level. Um, and again, it just, and, and we think, and Ronaldo, you've got Cristiano Ronaldo, he, he keeps on going and keeps on going. And we can think, it's like, oh, the show ponies, well, this and that. So, do you know what? They work really, really hard to devote themselves to what they're doing and to keep on turning up, turning up to training, turning up to, it's like we can see the glamour of all this stuff, but we don't see the hard work that goes on in behind the scenes that these guys turn up on a cold day when it's cold, they don't want to go training, they don't want to go doing this. And when so many people have fallen by the wayside, they keep on going. And the great contrast is, is this, just final sporting analogy of these two. Nico Rosberg and Lewis Hamilton. Now, if you don't know about these two, they were teammates when they were much younger racing drivers, and how, uh, Rosberg was probably better and won titles ahead of him. And if you know about Formula One, then he won one title and Hamilton's won uh, five, is it? Six. And um, he's like potentially the best driver ever. And this guy, Rosberg, the guy on the left, he couldn't hack it. Right, basically, you can read all the stuff that you want, but he couldn't deal with Hamilton's relentlessness. The fact that Hamilton kept on applying himself and, and keeps on re-going. And, and we think, yeah, it's great, Lewis Hamilton, Inst- King of Instagram. And I, you know, I'm not an, I love Formula One. Most Formula One people don't love Lewis Hamilton that much. I don't wanna, and, and I'm in that side, but he's a very, very good driver. He's not the best. Schumacher was better. Senna was better. Alonso was better. But he's the best at the start at the minute. But what you have to respect is these people that they keep on going. And now he's going again against people that are nearly half his age. And, he'll, and he's just determined just to keep on going, keep on turning up, keep on putting in the hard yards, keep on doing what he loves. But he isn't doing it for the money. He's doing it because he's competitive. He's doing it because he wants to compete. And I think that's, these are the people. These are, you can see these people that are just part of the furniture. Of like, Can you imagine what it would be like to watch tennis without Roger Federer, without Rafael Nadal? without no Jack Djokovic. Like, it'd be one of those things, it's like, can you name another tennis player that's not one of those three in Andy Murray? Like, like it's, it's, it, they've just become part of the furniture, but they've just been turning up and turning up and turning up. And we live now in an age of short-termism, instant results, short-term gratification. So many people give in when we see the problems and we see intimidation come. But you know what? God's looking for people who will persevere. God's looking for people who can, well, I think, not can commit, Everyone can commit. Who will commit? Who can run the race and finish the course? It says in 2 Chronicles, it says, God is always on the alert, constantly on the lookout for people who are totally committed to him. God's looking for people who are just going to keep on turning up. Do you know what the Bible says about consistency and turning up? Just a few examples. David said in Psalm 34, it says, I will bless the Lord at all times. Not just at some times, not just when it's nice and sunny and I've just got the stuff that I want, but at all times, his praise shall be continually in my mouth. David had good, bad in different times, but he said he's going to keep praising regardless of the situation he's in. He's going to keep on turning up. Psalm 84 verse 4, it says, blessed are those who dwell in God's house. They still keep praising you. They just keep on turning up. We build great church by applying great principles. They devoted themselves last week, as Dave said, Acts 2.42, and just keep turning up, keep on turning up to devote yourselves to fellowship, to the breaking of bread, to, to listening to the teaching, to, to meeting together. Just keep on turning up to those things. It's part of the devotion. The Apostle Paul says in Ephesians, he says, having done all still to stand, keep standing. Basically, just keep turning up. That's one of the biggest keys to success in life for all of us, is that just keep going, 
to keep turning up to every part of life that, you live, that, you're, that you're living in, whether you're at work, whether you're at home, in church, if you just keep on the Duracell battery and going and going and going. Remember the Duracell bunny who kept on? Do you remember the adverts? No, gone. Right. Keep going. There's no telling when we just keep on turning up faithful, expectant for what God's going to do in our lives. There's no telling what God can do. We've got to keep turning up, though, with that right mindset, that expectancy. Bringing back into football, Liverpool. They've won uh, 20 games. Someone will correct me. They've, they've only drawn one league game this year so far in the Premier League. And that's against Man United, who are a terrible team. And Liverpool are nearly as bad. But they've, done 30, they've had 30 years of nothing, so essentially. They'll keep them quiet. Let them, let them heckle. But... Um, <laughs> You know, it's about time that they finally pulled their fingers out and did something. But they're doing amazing. They won the Champions League last year. They nearly won the league. They've, they've won all but one game in the Premier League this year. They're consistent with a right mindset to keep on turning up week in, week out, game after game, when it's a cold night in Stoke or wherever it is that they're going, or, like, or they've been in Dubai. They've got a mentality of them just to keep on turning up with a consistent motivation to win, to go for it. We've got a vision to go for it in planting churches all over this city and beyond. And some of you have been part of this church for many years, and some of you have been part of this church for, for months, and some of you have been part of this church for weeks. Some of you have been turning up for a long time. And that's brilliant because the church exists for those who don't yet come. And I want to say this morning do you know that we, you, me, all of us here, we are pioneers? Because there's people that are not yet born that in 20 to 25 years' time are going to be part of this church. And it's unimaginable to think about what will our church look like in 20 years' time? What will our church look like in 25 years' time? What are we building for the next generation? What's the legacy that we're leaving for the people that are going to come and step into our shoes? And we've got a vision to grow, and they've got a vision that's going to grow even more. And you think, but the church is going to be built on us today that keep on turning up for those that are going to be here in 10 years, in 20 years, in 25 years. The church that's attended in the future by people that are not born yet today is people like you and me just making a decision to keep on turning up and build the church. Not just services, because that's, it's great. It's, like Dave said, we've got Sunday mornings, we've got dinner parties, those nights, they're great. But the Bible says we're Christ's ambassadors. We say in global that people will read us before they read the Bible. So we've got to keep on turning up in all aspects of our life, not just coming to church. Coming to church is, is, is great, but the whole biggest perspective of life, that we've just got to keep on turning up because the rewards are worth it. Yeah. So let me ask you this. I've, I've said this before, but you know what the biggest church in the UK is? Everyone goes quiet. Us. Yes. <laughs> right answer. Retract the, the, the ties are safe for now, Jody. Biggest church in the UK, Man United. Because the church is not the building. The church in Greek means ecclesia. It means the called out or called together. So it doesn't mean just Christians, but it's any group of like-minded people that are called together. So Manchester United, rightly or wrongly, wrongly, is the biggest church in the UK right now. Do you know they've got a, state, a big stadium, have a weekly attendance for over 70,000 people. 60,000 of those people are what we call season ticket holders. What that means is that at the start of every season, they prepay ahead to attend, to reserve their seat, and they're going to attend every game. And they're probably regretting it now. (laughs) (laughs) 
uh, you know, for the last 10 years or so. But I'm, I'm just full of sarcasm about football. My team is even worse. So. But a, a season ticket at Man United costs between 500 and 1,000 pounds a season for an adult. That they're going to stump up, and that means that they're going to be there for the league games, they're going to be there for, um, I'm going to say Champions League, but let's not kill ourselves. Like any other games, League Cup, you know, that sort of stuff. They're committed to coming every week, rain or shine. If you want to get a corporate box that seats eight people, it's 40,000 pounds a season. <coughs> Excuse me, it's not cheap. 60,000 of those people are season ticket holders. They turn up week in or week out. So then we've got another 15,000 who take their chances on a ticket. Some of them are away fans. But millions of fans, just, who will, thousands of fans, say, well, just take their chance and chance it. Can I get in this week? Can I not get in this week? Is it a big match? Is it not a big match? And then there's millions, as we know, Man United, millions and millions of fans worldwide who, who, who would just dream of going to, to Old Trafford. And do you know what? As a church, we've got fans worldwide too. It's amazing. All over, the, all over the globe, there's people who have been touched by global church who are cheering us on, not just in Africa, as we know. We've got Dave's just been out there, but in, in America, North America, in Australia, in Asia, it's amazing. Across Europe, we've got fans of global all around the world. But it's the people that are the committed members that turn up week in, week out, that build the church. It's not the distant fans. The core supporters of the church are the season ticket holders too because they just keep on turning up. They set the atmosphere. They start singing the songs. They can, they can actually affect how the team plays. Do you know that? Because if we turn up and it's like, you know, we think, well, you've got to come and entertain us. And they, it's like, it, it, you can set a wrong atmosphere. Sundays, Thursdays, these are our game days. But I said, it's not just about the, the services or the dinner parties. We don't just preach for, for Sundays. We want you to be able to take stuff from these talks that you can apply in every single day of your life, in every area of your life. It's not just the church life, it's the whole life. You just have one life. But I want to ask you that question. Is there an area in your life where you need to turn up? Well, you know that you don't want to turn up, but you know that you need to turn up. You know, we're privileged in this country to be able to do what we do freely. But in some countries, that's not possible. There are millions of people around the world who would love to go to a Man United game. They would it'd be their idol. And yet, some of the people that live in Salford, right near it, can't be bothered to go. And it's on their doorstep. And there's billions of people, if only they had the chance to go, their life would just be made up. What about you? If Global Church is your team, then where are you at? Are you a season ticket holder? Are you, a, are you just going to chance it? Because at the minute, we've got room, but we're not going to have room forever. You know, sooner or later, we're going to be growing these things out, and there's going to be seats upon seats. And, this is, and, you, and some of you, we're not going to like it because there's going to be new people coming in that are going to be seating where you like to sit, that are going to be parking where you like to park the car, that are going to be queuing for the coffees, which means that you have to wait longer. But that's amazing, because that's what revival is, that's what growth is. But where are you at? And where are you going to be this year? Why don't you commit to being a season ticket holder? Keep on turning up. Examples of people who kept on going in the Bible. Job, well, he, had a, he had an up and down life, to say the least. And he persevered and kept going and praising God despite what was going on. In Job 2 verse 9, his wife said to him, are you still trying to maintain your in integrity after everything that's happened? Curse God and die. But Job replied, you talk like a foolish woman. Should we only accept things from the hand of God and never anything? 
uh, and never anything, should we only accept good things, sorry, from the hand of God and never anything bad? So in all this, Job said nothing wrong. He nailed it with his words. He just kept on turning up. He knows it's going to be good seasons and bad seasons, but it's going to keep on going. Paul, the apostle, he wrote 13 books of the New Testament. He church planted, he mentored, and, and planted new churches throughout the Mediterranean. He kept going, kept on turning up. And he said that, as I said before, Ephesians 6, uh, verse 13, Therefore put on the full armor of God, so that when the day of evil comes, you may be able to stand your ground, and after you have done everything, to stand. Yeah. Keep turning up. Yeah. You know, just looking at my life, one of the things that I, I'd, I'm, not, I'm not very good at many things, but one of the things that I'm quite good at is just turning up. Journey through, through my life, just through church, in the sense of turning up to church, so that's important. But in every, every area of my life, I value turning up. I, like, I value turning up. I hate being late. I'm often, I often am late, but I hate being late. Um, and I know I could do more, and I could read more, and I could pray more, because I'm not great at those things. But I want to keep going. I want to keep on turning up. You know those things when, when you get that, there's a party or something going on and, and you don't want to go because you're tired and it's raining, it's January. And <laughs> but you know at the back of your mind that you'll actually enjoy it if you go. And it's kind of annoying because you know that. But there's something, this laziness, and you can't be bothered and whatever and all this sort of stuff. And you're just frustrated and you can't be bothered. And we know that when you go and you make that commitment to turn up, you always have a great time. I have never, ever regretted coming to church. Even when you're feeling full of cold, full of whatever, and it's like, oh, I wish I hadn't gone today. Said no one. <laughs> no, you come in, it's amazing. You don't ever come back thinking that you'd stayed in. Keep turning up. You grow a bigger life and a bigger capacity. And it's amazing how many of us miss miracle opportunities because we'd stop turning up. God can work a miracle in an instant like that, but people miss it because they just stopped short of where it was going to come. And it's like, no, your miracle's there, and they just stop there because I just can't, I don't want to keep going. You can probably think of maybe yourselves where in your life where you've, you've been good at something and you see it at sport or stuff at school or music or whatever it is and, and then something stops and you get in the way. And I was, I was quite good at music and then I just stopped it because I had a bad attitude. And I wish I hadn't. I used to play the trumpet and I was actually all right. Not amazing, but all right. But, like, but then I stopped it and then a couple of years ago I tried it again with Mike, Mike Crowder trying to teach me and I was terrible. And it was so frustrating because I knew that I was all right at it 15 years ago, 20 years ago, but now I'm not. And it's like... You just, it stopped because I stopped putting in the effort. I decided I couldn't be bothered with it anymore, and I just stopped. And I'm sure there's examples like that in, in all our lives when we, we have that. In the Bible, David stopped going into battles. And when he stopped doing that, he lost victories in himself. And it's the same that when we miss church, you know, just coming here, coming to dinner party, being in the mix, devoting yourselves will build you up. We know that people can't make every week, but when you come, come with the lights turned on. And people in. <laughs> come switched on. Come switched on ready. Come switched on ready to, 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 to bring food, to bring the atmosphere at a dinner party. To, when we're going for drinks, come in. Don't, don't, we don't, you know, do your warm-up before you get onto the field of play. Yeah, Like a substitute does. They don't come on and then start warming up. They run up and down a touchline doing lots of little stretches and all that sort of stuff and like throwing drinks bottles and all this sort of stuff. You know, our leaders, Dave and Shelley, are just amazing of people who consistently turned up for over 30 years in the local church, just, just keep on going, come rain, come shine, keep on going, keep on going. And, and they can make it look really, really easy. And we know that they, they just, it, they've just worked out their life so that they prioritize the big things. 
They prioritise what's important. And I've been trying to reply and copy what they've been doing since I've been coming to this church and since I became a Christian. And I've just kept turning up. And off the back of turning up, God's done so much in my life with relationships, with business, with families, jobs, friends, opportunities that have come, turnaround situations where God's got things to us when it didn't look like it was going to happen. And I fundamentally believe part of that is just because consistency, keep going, keep going, keep going, keep going, go on asking, go on seeking, go on praying, it says in the Bible. It doesn't say stop. It doesn't say stop when you feel like you can't be asked. Excuse me, friend. Stop when you feel like you're in a bad mood. I want to encourage you this morning, not tell you what, but keep going. Keep going. Because the day ahead of us, we don't know what's ahead, but there's good stuff ahead of us. Keep going. I don't know what the dreams and plans are in your head and what's in your heart, but I know that if you just keep turning up, watch what God's going to do. Just keep on being faithful in the small things, keep on turning up and just watch what God's going to do. But there are barriers that are going to come your way. So I've got seven barriers that are going to come. Seven. We'll see if we can get through them. Not 14, seven. Halved what Dave had. <laughs> we'll see if we can get through it, all right? You still with me? You okay? Barriers come our way. Paul in the, in the New Testament, in Thessalonians, he said this. He said, we very much wanted to come to you, and I, Paul, tried again and again, but Satan prevented us. The devil does not want you to keep on turning up. He wants you to hinder you. He wants you to stop. He wants you to sit at home. He doesn't want you to go to the game. He wants you to watch Sky Sports. He doesn't want because you're not part of it. You think you're part of it, but you're not. He wants you to watch the talk online, but you're not part. It's not the same as being in here. There's nothing wrong with catching them up, but it's not. Being present in the present is a huge thing. So there's barriers that we have to turn up. The first one is this. The grass is always greener on the other side of the fence. We got a new lawn in the summer. It's very green. It's the envy of my neighbours, I reckon. But I used to always look before we had it and thinking, they're gone, stripes, ours, gravel. And you can be envious about what's going on just next door, can't you? You know, it says in, in the Bible, um, it says in Psalm 23, it says this, The Lord is my shepherd, I lack nothing. He makes me lie down in green pastures. He leaves me beside quiet waters. He refreshes my soul. Those green pastures and those still waters, you think like just frolicking in the meadows. I'd like to skip at this moment, but I can't. So bear with me. Just imagine that I'm skipping. And we're just frolicking through a nice grassy meadow and there's nice spring water coming along. Mm. <laughs> it's all lovely. You know what? All that's it's on the inside. It's on the inside. Those green pastures and those still waters are on the inside and they're restored by God restoring your soul. The heart's like the field. And when you come to church, he's restoring your soul. When you read your Bible, he's restoring your soul. When you're listening to worship, he's restoring your soul. When you're praying, he's restoring your soul. When you're coming to dinner party, he's restoring your soul. He's restoring your soul. Coming to church every Sunday will not limit you. It will grow you. But we can think it's going to take up our time, but it's not. It's going to grow you. It's going to grow us. It's going to restore us. It's all part of what Dave talked about this last couple of weeks, that when we are devoted, when we self-feed, another word that we use, be a self-feeder. Go and find the answers. Devote yourselves. Don't just come asking. The Bible says in Isaiah that he is, he's a wonderful counsellor. Um, but as I've said before, too many of us don't go to the wonderful counsellor up there. We go to our friend here. And it's like, well, God's, there's only one person that's called counsellor in the Bible, and it's God. It's not Chantel. And she is quite good at it, you know, but it's not as good as God. 
when we self-feed, when we devote ourselves, you'll find yourself being restored. If you keep turning up, turning up every day, turning up to the gym, turning up to your work, turning up to the night out that you go on every, whatever with your friends, keep on turning up, turning up. Many people stop because we get enticed by our own desires and, and, and by like mirages, mirages are things that look great but they're not, they're fake. And looks better than it is. It's not real. We get tempted out of relationships. People get tempted out of marriages sometimes. Sometimes churches, because they think the grass looks greener on the other side. You know, that especially in church, you know, there's this saying, there's no such thing as a perfect church. And if there was, the minute you join, it wouldn't be perfect. Because none of us are perfect. We're all human. We're all fallen short. We're all flawed. But so many of us get trapped by the mirage, the Instagram life of, of show the best and hide the rest. And there's, there's loads of experts saying that people who, who spend so much time on social media, and I'm not anti-social media, but we do need to clock that people that spend all their lives Facebooking, whatever in, there's loads of connections to depression, there's loads of connections to anxiety, there's loads of connections to, to mental health issues by the people that are constantly on it. And I'm not surprised by that, because we're seeing mirages that aren't true. We're, we're seeing pictures of people who are living this amazing life, and it's just a snapshot. They say a picture never lies. No, a picture lies loads. Well, I, I did history at uni, and one of the things we get taught about is never believe a picture, because it's just a snapshot of time. I can take a picture of my kids smiling, but like, that's the one second that they smiled. <laughs> the other 10 minutes, they were bawling their eyes out, but we don't capture that, because <laughs> we won't remember the good times. We have to frame it and see what, what's the context of where stuff's coming from. Don't allow the belief that the grass is greener on the other side. Keep turning up. Keep plowing your lane. Stay in your lane. It's amazing what God can do. Number two is this. The grass is always green on the, on the other side, number one. Number two is this, a dry spell. In Exodus, in the Bible, Moses went to a place called the backside of the desert. That's about as far as from green pastures as you can get. People, sometimes we have a dry time, don't we? God seems distant. Life doesn't seem to be going the way that we want it to. And we want to pull back and stop turning up. And in the middle of the wilderness, Moses came to uh, Horeb, the mountain of God. God knew he was going to be there. Don't turn away in a dry spell when God seems silent. You know, God knew that Moses would be there. He turned up with the same sheep every day, so he set a bush on fire. A bit weird, but that's what he did. But like what happened with Moses, keep turning up. God's going to schedule a miracle into your future. But you've just got to keep on going to find it. It's amazing what can happen when you do. Keep going. Don't quit. Don't stop. Don't do can't be bothered. Be bothered. Be bothered to keep on going. Number three is this. Your side of the story, or frame it as bad relationships. Because we all like to give our side of the story, right? We want to give our opinion, our side of the story, I, you get your phone-ins about football, phone-ins about this, e elections, everything. Opinion, opinion, opinion never built anything. Do you know that? You, it, opinion never built anything. But you want to give your side of the story. Maybe you've fallen out with someone. Jesus was accused before Pilate. He, had, he, was, stand, he was standing before Pilate, and loads of accusations were being made to him. And the Bible says in Matthew 27, 4, he said, he answered not a word. He didn't say anything. When you could just be like, you know when someone said something and you know it's not true and you want to justify yourself because we all get that. And you go, no, but I'm a nice person really and I meant this. And, and, and it's like, and you want to give your side of the, but sometimes you just got to hold. You've got to hold. We've got to give, stop giving our side of the story. Even though we have been misrepresented. 
we've got to learn how to die to our our side of the story. Let God be the one who justifies. God's faithful. God sees everything. That's a little bit scary sometimes. (laughs) But God sees everything, and God's faithful. And you know what? There's nothing like time to show people what the truth is and what isn't. I'll go back to spot Lance Armstrong, the saviour of cycling, an amazing fella. And then there's a couple of people that have doubts about him, so I'm not quite sure. Seems to be rattling a little bit as he goes up these hills. Um, <laughs> and, um, and then it comes, and, and, and I was one, I love cycling, and I, I was desperate for him to be innocent. I was so keen that Lance Armstrong was like, come on, you've built this whole foundation. Live strong. You're doing amazing stuff. You, surely you can't. You can't, like, it's, you, you've, you've built too much. And he was one of the worst cheats ever in the history of sport and been cheating since he probably started competing, largely. And you think, time reveals it. Time rings, brings out all the people that he, he sued, he had, he sued Journalists, people lost their jobs because of accusing Lance Armstrong of cheating. And then now he's, you know, time is a great healer and it reveals what's going to come on. Stay consistent. Keep turning up. Keep going. God's faithful. Don't be busy trying to justify yourself. Just move on. Fourth point is this. The wrong side of 30. You can decide whether you're on the right side or the wrong side of 30 this morning. But what I really mean by that is seasons. Life is all about a season. When you're young, you're carefree. And sometimes you want the tra- trappings of later life too quickly. And we know that God can raise people up in an instant. You can become a millionaire at 18. But it's important that you become a millionaire God's way. Because, you know, some, some of these people, they, they, you see, it, and these, again, with sports stars like Mike Tyson, they've had millions and millions of dollars and they've just lost it and they're bankrupt because they've never been taught how to handle it. God will sometimes delay destiny to form character. So maybe you've no money and you feel isolated because of that too, but we've just got to keep on going. And as we age, we get kids and we get work and we get responsibilities, boring responsibilities, but good, like finances and mortgages and and all this sort of stuff. And so we can draw back, but we shouldn't draw back. It's a disappointment when people draw back for God because, like I said before, we're here, but we're not really here. Going through the motions, lights are on, nobody's home. It said, Jesus talks about it uh, in Luke 14. He says this, it's a parable that he's talking about. He says, a certain man was preparing a great banquet and invited many guests. And at the time of the banquet, he sent his servant to tell those who had been invited Come, for everything is now ready. But they, all alike, began to make excuses. The first said, I've just bought a field and I must go and see it. (laughs) Please excuse me. A lovely field. (laughs) I've just bought five yoke of oxen, said another, and I'm on my way to try them out. Please excuse me. It sounds a bit wrong, but like, please excuse me. Still said another, I've just got married, so I can't come. Those some excuses sound familiar. We're trying to get something going. Kids, business, I'm working. Same, it's the same things that stop them, stop us. You know, we can bring it back 2,000 years, but it's the same fundamental things. The excuses are the same things that cause people to draw back as they are now. Family, business, land. If you've got land issues, not many of us have maybe, but you know, whatever season you're in, I want to say this, build around the kingdom of God. Don't draw back to protect your marriage, your family or your work but build around the kingdom. 
Seek first the kingdom and all its righteousness. Just keep turning up. Build around these things and honor God, put him first, and watch what happens. The way to see great miracles in your life and God-given opportunities in your life is just by being present, keeping turning up and seeking first the kingdom. We've got three more points. I'll be real quick. Fifth is this, the dark side of you. We've all got a dark side. We say they've got a dark side. We've all got a dark side. Or weaknesses. Let's put it a little bit lighter. Depression, mind monsters. You know that you've messed up this week. Just keep turning up. When you give your life to Jesus, you're not prone you're not prone to sin anymore, but some stuff just traps us. And some people just won't work on character things and that causes them to draw back and stop turning up. And some of these things, are not, they're not huge, but they're just small and, and they trick ourselves and give ourselves permission to not go out, to not go to that thing. I'm not going to go because I'm watching this TV show or playing this game in my online community or whatever it is that you're involved in. Satan is referred to in Ephesians chapter 2 as the prince of the power of the air. And I wonder whether that's an appropriate image in the day of wireless technology. We're, we're connected wherever we go. And I love being connected wherever we go. But I also know that sometimes it's just not great. We live in an age of so many forms of connection and communication that yet we've never been so lonely, never been so alone, never been so alienated because we put on the headphones and the headphones is a sign that says, go away turn on TV, and it stops us from turning up. Romans 7, Paul says, it's no longer I that do it, but sin that dwells in me. Romans 7, chapter 7, verse 20. And Paul's saying that what that, what that is, is it's not the real me that's doing this stuff. I don't want to do it. That's the sin. And do you know what? You can beat yourself up with it, but I want to say this this morning. That is not the real side of you. The real side of you is the side that God sees, the side that Jesus sees, the side that's been redeemed, the side that, that says, this is my son, this is my daughter, with whom I am well pleased. Keep going, fight the good fight, take up your cross and follow me. The other stuff is not the real you. As much as your mind is believing you, making you believe that it is, the real you is the you that God intends you to be. But we still need to work on our weaknesses and we need to work on our characters or we won't be able to live the life that God's given us, the potential that we've got. So if you, if you need to do that, invite someone to speak in to, shout, to shape you. But don't wait for someone to turn up and say, can I speak in? Because that might not happen. Probably won't. It's great to have that humility and just be like, can you speak into my life? Give people that permission. Keep you accountable. Keep you turning up. Chapter six, the point six is this, just quick. The wrong side of the bed. Anyone get out of the wrong side of the bed this morning? My daughter got out of the bed on the wrong side this morning. Half the bed's against the wall, so I'm not sure how she does it. But she was moody this morning. Anyone get out? We get moody. Joseph in the Old Testament, he had to learn to manage his moods. Whether he was in the palace or whether he was in the pit. He got out of the wrong side of the bed. You're being angry and annoyed. It's going to limit you. It's going to stop you turning up. Anger always projects its way, projects itself in a way where it seems other people are the issue. The book of Leviticus, used in the New Testament as well, says, love your neighbor as yourself. But many people don't love their neighbors as themselves because they don't love themselves. So we live a life that's angry, full of anger and irritation, and we're just constantly irritated and moody. And you've got to allow God to work on our anger. Invite him in. Invite him in. Live, stop living a life of turmoil and irritation because it's going to hold you back. 
You've got to deal with the root issues in your life and just decide I'm just going to keep going. I'm going to work through this process. It's not going to be overnight sometimes. It might be, but maybe not. Keep turning up. The people who are successful, they, everyone's got issues to deal with. It's like Adam Abimelech has got issues to deal with. Someone ruined his statue the other day. I mean, these are issues. <laughs> like, but <laughs> he's got issues. I'm joking, but we've all got issues to, to deal with. But the people that are successful, we've got. We will all get hurt. We will all get offended. We've got to keep on turning up. The great miracle of God-given opportunity will happen when you keep on turning up. And finally, this last point, number seven, is the pleasurable side of sin. Because sin, sin is, is pleasurable. We know that. But it's only pleasure, pleasurable for a moment. Proverbs 23, verse 17 says, Let not your heart envy sinners, but continue in the fear of the Lord all the day. Or in other words, just keep going. Just keep turning up. David, he had a vision to build a temple and saw it fulfilled by his son Solomon. And he had so much opposition, but he just kept on turning up. And Solomon was able to build a temple. And we can get drawn into things that are going to stop us from turning up. Sin is pleasurable for a moment, but that's all. It's just a moment. So we need to try and keep a different standard. And we fall, and we've got to get ourselves back up. You know, As Dave says, that Chumbawamba song, I get knocked down, but I get up again. Keep a different standard. Don't think that some things won't affect you, because they will. Don't let stuff feed your spirit that's going to pull you away from what you believe. You've got to look after your inner person sometimes. Feed your spirit with good things. Spend time with Jesus. Prayer, worship, reading, listening, devotionals. We need to keep feeding our spirit. Don't get drawn into the temptation of everyone else all the time. Because if you want to see it supernatural in your life, here's a guarantee for you. Don't tell the mindset of the majority. Don't, don't, sorry, don't let the mindset of your majority set your standards. Don't let the world set your agenda. Go for the supernatural. Seek first God's kingdom. Put God first. Keep turning up. And as you, can, as you keep going, there's no telling what will happen. There's no telling what God can do. And when the barriers come to try and stop you, pray for strength. It says in, in Nehemiah, in a message, it says in chapter 6, verse 9, it said, they were trying to intimidate us into quitting. They were trying to stop us coming. They thought, They'll give up. They'll never finish it. But I prayed, give me strength. That's what we've got to do. Keep on praying. Lord, give me strength. God, help me today. Help me today. Keep, keep me going. Hebrews chapter 10, verse 35. So do not throw away this confident trust in the Lord. Remember the great reward it brings you. Patient endurance. Ouch. Patient endurance is what you need now so that you will continue to do God's will, then you will receive all that he has promised. I've finished, and I'm going to wrap up. You've been really patient. And I hope this morning that you've grabbed something from it, yeah. that just the resetting yourself, just to, along with, like, from what Dave's been saying these last two weeks, but feeding into that, I'm going to keep on going. I'm going to make sure, I want to, I want to go for it. I want to see just... Just remove the blockages and just see quite what God could do in my life if I actually just let him. I'm just going to be faithful in the small things and just see what he does. What have you got to lose? What have you got to lose? From the team here at Global Church, thank you for listening to this podcast. Please check out our other messages available on the website 